This is your host, Victoria, and in today's episode, we are finally embarking on a mini-series all about the big five, and we are starting this mini-series with a first introductory episode on the importance of knowing yourself. I really hope that you enjoy this episode and this entire series to come. Welcome to the Victoria Sardin Podcast, where you'll discover actionable tools, tips, and tricks, as well as inspiring conversations to support you to change your own reality. We all have immense personal power within us. We all have the ability to be the person we look up to the most and take charge of our lives and our future. Sometimes we just need a little insight, a little change of perspective, and a friendly nudge to take the step. Are you ready? Everybody. I hope you're doing well. Lovely to find you here on another Monday morning. I was reflecting this past week on what I would be speaking about during this podcast episode and I was thinking up a few topics and I realized, you know what, I've said so many times in previous podcast episodes that I will be doing a series on the big five and I thought, you know what, why not now? I realized that I was procrastinating on it a little bit because I kept feeling like maybe I didn't have enough information, maybe I should research more, somewhat feeling like a bit of an imposter to be actually discussing this. And I thought, you know what, this is something that I have actually studied extensively. This is something that I think about a lot. This is something that I go through with all of my clients. And since that's the case, then it would be worth talking about it here. And I guess the imposter syndrome was coming from the fact that I'm not a personality psychologist. But what I'm sharing with you here is really just what I've learned, what I've researched, how knowing my big five has helped me and how knowing the big five my clients has helped them. So that's what we're going to be going through in this little mini series. I'm going to be starting now with an introductory episode and then in the episodes to come I'm actually going to be doing a deep dive on each of the five personality traits of the big five. But in today's introductory episode I really wanted to focus on why is this important? So what's the importance of actually knowing ourselves and how can knowing our big five really be helpful? So before I go into all of that, just a little brief on what is the big five. So it's a personality trait model, which focuses on five main personality traits. It can also be known as the five factor model. And this personality trait model is actually the most widely accepted personality theory. And it's been based on decades of personality research. And it is the personality theory that is most accepted by psychologists and therapists all over the world. And this is because it's the most scientifically valid and reliable personality trait theory. So it was first discovered in 1949, but it has been adapted, studied, and researched over and over since. And it's remained pretty reliable ever since. So many of you probably know other personality theories such as Myers-Briggs, which is actually the most popular personality theory. However, the difference with the big five is really that element of validity, reliability, the amount of research, and the amount that it's actually been studied, and the amount of professionals that actually accept it as being valid. So 
It's a little bit different from the Myers-Briggs. The Myers-Briggs has specific personality types and you fall into a camp. The difference with the Big Five is that the Big Five is based on five personality traits and each trait is on a scale. So I'll give an example. One of the personality traits is extroversion and extroversion is then done on a scale. So we can either score high in extroversion or we can score low in extroversion or we can score a little bit in between. The difference with the big five as well is that there are actually less factors. So there's only five of them as compared to the Myers-Briggs, for example, that has a lot more and many other personality trait theories that tend to have more categories as well. The fact that there are just five makes it very easy for us to understand, but it also means that sometimes each trait is actually a little bit more broad. So something like extroversion, we often tend to see it only based on do you like to spend a lot of time with people? But here with the big five, actually a few other components are included in this element of extroversion because they tend to be related. So someone who is incredibly extroverted, for example, also tends to be the kind of person who really likes stimulation who is also actually quite assertive in social situations. So these are other elements that actually correlate to the same trait of extroversion. And so those are included in the five. And this is why everything can be brought down to five. Because through the research and through the studies, they wrote down every single personality trait possible and then realized there were actually clusters of traits. So traits that tended to be in the same camp. And that's how they came down to five. So that is a little bit about the big five personality trait model. Before I go into the importance and why it's important for us to know, I thought that I would just go through a quick run of what are the five without sharing too much detail, but really just saying what they are. So the first one, as I said, extroversion. Second one is neuroticism. The third one is openness to experience. The fourth one is agreeableness. And the fifth one is conscientiousness. So as compared to other personality trait models, which tend to be a yes or no answer, so extroverted versus introverted, here's really, as I said, on a scale. And each of these personality traits are on a scale. So we can score high, we can score low, we can score relatively high, we can score relatively low, we can score right in the middle for each of these traits. So now what I wanted to share with you is why? So why is it important for us to know ourselves? How can it be concretely helpful for us to know our big five and to know our personality? So the first one is because we can actually turn our weaknesses into our strengths. So I'll give an example. I have quite a few clients who are very high in agreeableness. So that means they have the tendency to put others first. And Although some of them see this as a weakness because they struggle to draw boundaries, they struggle to say no, they tend to be people pleasers, we've actually realized that they can turn this weakness into a strength because yes, they want to people please to a certain extent, but they're also incredibly reliable when it comes to other people. They have a huge amount of responsibility when it comes to either caring for others or satisfying others or pleasing others. And so they can actually use that as their strength. They can actually use this fact that with accountability, they will be incredibly reliable people. So if they want to actually 
do something and they want to do something for themselves. So an example, a client of mine is really practicing actually taking time for herself to do things that are not quote unquote productive and to allow herself some downtime. So she really wanted to pick up reading and really sit down and give herself the time to read for an hour a day. However, when it was just for herself, just something that she needed to do for herself, it was always something that fell back to the back of the list because there were other things that others needed from her that seemed more important. So what we actually did is look into what impact her taking time to read has on those around her and has on those who love her. And all of a sudden, the reading, of course, it was still for her, but it wasn't just for her. It was so that she can also be a more calm partner. It's so that she can also maintain focus and give her best at work. It's so that she can also be in better health and calm her nervous system, which will benefit those who care about her health and who care about her the most. So we actually used this element of putting others first as a strength to give extra meaning to what it is that she wanted to do. So that's the first one, is that our weaknesses can become our strengths. Number two is that it can help us to make decisions. So for example, someone who scores very high on openness to experience is going to have an element of their personality where they're going to constantly search for variety, search for change. Being high in openness to experience means we like living new experiences. And so we will be in the position where we'll constantly have this urge to switch it up and try new things. So let's say we are contemplating the decision, should I change my job because I'm getting bored? Or should I push it through even though motivation is lacking a little bit at the moment? So if we are high to openness to experience, it probably means that we're going to have an extra tendency to want to switch things up, maybe a little bit too much, especially if we score very high in openness to experience. So it might mean that it's actually our personality that's pushing us to want to create the change rather than there actually being something where change is absolutely necessary. So we might have this tendency, for example, to always want to switch and to change things. And if we can know that about ourselves, then we know that the feeling of wanting to switch and change can be something we might take with a little grain of salt. We might say, well, I always want to switch and change because I get bored very easily and it doesn't always mean that a change is necessary. On the other hand, if we score very low in openness to experience, which means we really like consistency, we really like routine, and if we combine that with being high in conscientiousness, which means that we're often quite cautious, that we like to think things through, that we're not impulsive, then if we get this urge to leave, if we really get this urge to move on, then it probably means that it's quite necessary because our personality would actually drive us to do the opposite. So if we do get this urge to leave, it really means I need to listen to this because my personality would gauge me towards not even noticing a need to leave in the first place. So if I do feel the need to leave, then it must be necessary. So that's the second point. It can actually help us to make decisions. Number three is that it can give us more compassion for ourselves. It can allow us to like and accept ourselves more. And we know that if we actually like and accept ourselves more, we're less likely to badger ourselves. We're less likely to be our own tyrant. 
I've spoken about this tyrant and inner tyrant dynamic in a previous podcast episode, which I will link in the show notes below. If you feel like you tend to have a tendency to be really harsh on yourself, to be quite mean with yourself, then this point is really important and it's not to be taken lightly. Let's say that we have a tendency to be very high in neuroticism, which means that we are high in negative emotion. It means that we probably have a tendency to overthink things, to be incredibly sensitive to judgment. And perhaps if someone is to make one small comment, we immediately take it on ourselves. We worry that they don't like us. We worry that we haven't done something well enough. We might feel really upset with ourselves for not having done things perfectly enough, for example. And if that's the case, but we know that we are high in neuroticism, then we might actually take our emotions with a grain of salt as well and realize, okay, I'm falling into this trap of overthinking. I'm feeling incredibly sensitive to a small comment. It's probably just because I have a tendency to be higher negative emotion. I'm very aware of anything that might go wrong and anything that doesn't fall in my perfection camp tends to cause a lot of stress and anxiety. And so if that's the case, then the second I feel those emotions, I can actually calm them by reminding myself, this is just my neuroticism acting up. It's probably fine. I have a tendency to overthink things. And therefore, if I am overthinking, then that's where I tell myself, there's probably an inflation of about 5% of the emotion I'm feeling as compared to the situation. So Let me rationalize this a little bit. Let me give myself some love, some care, some compassion. Remind myself that I'm just jumping to the worst conclusion. And I can be the adult in the room to actually allow myself to take a deep breath and allow myself to take a step back. And the fourth reason why this is so important and how we can actually really utilize these personality traits is because we can train ourselves to change. So our personality traits are part of our DNA that are ingrained in us to a certain extent. However, instead of changing the personality traits, what we can actually work on is extending the personality traits. So let's say that we score quite low in conscientiousness, which means that we're probably quite impulsive and that we tend to seek instant gratification. So we really struggle to think about doing the hard work now and doing it for future benefit. We might have a tendency to procrastinate. We might have a tendency to get pulled into doing what's fun in the moment rather than what we need to do. Then what we can do is we can practice delaying gratification. So we can really practice that moment where we feel like, ah, you know what, screw this, I'm not in the mood to do my work, I'm just going to go and join my friends who are out for dinner, even though you know that this is the day where I really should be staying home, going through my presentation, preparing myself and having an early night. Maybe it's just about practicing that delayed gratification and practicing it time and time again. And you won't probably become the kind of person who always delays gratification. You won't become the kind of person who finds it easier to stay put and focus on a better future rather than focus on what would be more fun now. So it's not something that will become a new personality for you, but it's something that will get easier over time. 
So you will probably still be a fun, spontaneous person who likes to have a good time, who likes to jump on the fun moments. You're not going to become someone who's all of a sudden incredibly serious and always focused on the future and very work-oriented all the time. But it will be something where in situations where it's necessary, you will be able to. You'll create the new neural pathways. You'll be able to install these new habits and you'll be able to actually extend the realm of your personality so that you can be spontaneous when it's needed, but you can delay gratification when it's needed as well. So those are the four reasons why it's so important and how it can be so helpful for us to know our big five and how we can actually concretely use these in our day-to-day life. I use the big five all the time. It helps me understand myself. It helps me understand others. It helps me analyze situations. It helps me even be able to forecast what might work and what might not work. So I can actually assess somebody's personality to a certain extent if it's somebody that I know and be able to gauge whether or not they would like a situation whether or not they would match with another person perhaps in a social situation whether or not they would enjoy something that I want to bring them to to experience or whatnot so these are all things that we can do when we have a good gauge of the big five in general and also our big five scores So what I'm going to do is I'm going to link in the show notes below a test. You can go and do a free test for your big five. I will mention that the free tests online are sometimes a little bit less accurate than the paid tests. So I will also link a paid test if you are willing to pay to do the test and that one will be a little bit more accurate, but you can still get a good gauge on the free tests. And I would also say that if you don't want to do a test at all and you just want to listen to the upcoming podcast episodes, realistically you will most probably be able to gauge for yourself where you score on these big five and you know what that might be a good self-understanding exercise as well so a few different ways you can go about it have a think about which way you want to go next week i will begin with an in-depth podcast episode on the personality trait of extroversion as i said at the beginning extroversion when it comes to the big five is a little bit more extensive than our usual definition of extroversion So if you feel like you already have a good grasp on extroversion, I really recommend that you still come and listen to this episode. I've had some clients who have been sure that they are either high or low in extroversion, but when it comes to the big five, because it is much wider and incorporates other aspects, they have had a slightly different view and that's actually been incredibly useful for them as well. So that is all for today's episode. I hope that that was a interesting introduction. I hope that maybe some of the examples I gave have already been a little bit useful and I really hope to see you in the coming episodes as we dig further into the big five. Personality trait analysis is something that I do one-on-one with my clients so we actually sit down, we go through each of the big five, we go through the results of the test, we analyze every element, we look into how every single of the big five personality traits impacts the things that they do, impacts their habits, impacts the way in which they socialize, the way in which they go about work, their romantic relationships, we look at how different personality traits might actually be conflicting and causing internal conflicts within them. So it's part of the coaching that is incredibly insightful for my clients and provides some really actionable outcomes as well. 
So if you're interested in that, that is something that is part of my one-on-one coaching. You can find the link for more details of my one-on-one coaching below. I will be taking only two more one-on-one clients for the month of February. So I'll put the link for that in the show notes below. You can have a read through what is included in my one-on-one coaching. You can reach out to me. We can have a chat and take it from there. Have a lovely day. And in the meantime, I will see you next week for a brand new episode.